This episode is brought to you by Visit Williamsburg. In Williamsburg, Virginia, there's never too much of a good thing. Whether you're a foodie, a golfer, a history buff, a shopaholic, an outdoor enthusiast, or a thrill seeker, you'll find what you came for here and more. So ask yourself, what is it you want? Discover Williamsburg and plan your trip at visitwilliamsburg.com. Hey, it's Amy Newmark. Please enjoy this rerun of one of my favorite episodes from last year. Changing your life one story at a time. This is the Chicken Soup for the Soul podcast with Editor-in-Chief Amy Newmark. Hey everyone, it's Amy Newmark with your Chicken Soup for the Soul. And today we have a special guest for Friend Friday, May Francis Surratt. May wrote a fascinating and historically significant story about her life for our summer bestseller, Chicken Soup for the Soul, I'm Speaking Now. Black women share their truth in 101 stories of love, courage, and hope. So, May, welcome to the Chicken Soup for the Soul podcast. Thank you, Amy, for having me. I'm thrilled to have you on, and I loved your story. And the reason I invited you on the podcast was because when we had that Zoom meeting for contributors to the book, you were telling a little synopsis of your story. And I thought, wow, we've got to get the long version of this so that our listeners can hear it. So. Everybody, let me tell you a little bit about May before we get going, because she has a fascinating background with more than one career. So May Frances Surratt is a minister. She's a Cherokee County, South Carolina native. She grew up in a large family, the fifth child of seven. She's been married to Deacon Willie Dean Surratt for 49 years. They have a son and a daughter, both married. And all four members of that generation are pastors or ministers, and their children also had their kids at the same time. So May has two grandchildren who are 14, born five weeks apart, and two who are 12, born five months apart. And prior to becoming a minister, May was a registered nurse, and she also received her Bachelor of Science in Counseling and Human Services from Gardner-Webb University in North Carolina, and she has worked in many areas of nursing, and she retired from the Cherokee County School District in 2013. And now, besides her ministry, she serves on several boards of community organizations where she lives because she's always ministering to someone. So May, let's talk about your story in the book now. My co-editor, Brina Clark, and I thought it was very important to include your story, especially for our younger readers who might not really understand what their predecessors have been through. So let's talk about it, because I was so fascinated by the fact that you were one of the first Black students to desegregate an all-white school in the South. Yes, that was very much a life-changing experience. Yeah, so how old were you when this happened? I was 15 years old. I was beginning my sophomore year and wanted to a better life. Bottom line, I wanted a better life. And my family member had convinced me that I needed a different education because we always got the used books. Very seldom did we see a new book. And I wanted to not have to go outside and draw water 
I wanted to have a bathroom inside and be warm because I always said, I don't want to go camping. They asked me to go camping now. I said, I camped all my life. I looked up and saw the stars and down and saw the chickens because we lived in little shacks mostly. And if education was going to get me out of that lifestyle, I would do what I had to do to get out. And what you did took so much courage. What was it like that first day that you went to that formerly all-white school? It was really rough because at 15, and I had a 17-year-old sister and a 13-year-old brother, and we were the only Black people on the bus. My brother went to the middle school, and my sister and I were going to the high school. But when the highway patrol pulled up at the bus stop with the bus, I thought, like, what is going on? Are they afraid we're going to do something? I didn't even think about they were protecting us. Right. Of course. I'm sure you saw the police as a threat, not thinking, oh, they're there to protect me. And how awful that you needed that protection. And I I guess some of your friends were supposed to go with you, but everyone else backed out. You were the only one in your grade who went. Exactly. And I got to school and I was the only one there. And I thought, Lord, what is going on? And they separated me and my sister. So they made sure we were separated. Nobody. We didn't have anybody to talk to. Some of the eventually some of the ladies, young girls talked to us in the bathroom, but they never would say anything in the halls around their friends. And it became so isolating. But I dove into my books because I was determined not to go through that, not to succeed. It was hard. And I know you made all A's on your report card, except for this one B that you did not deserve that a teacher gave you. But what were you going to do, right? You couldn't fight it. Exactly. Exactly. When you work your heart out. And she even told me, you deserve to be in the other kind of class and gave me that B. And what was my daddy going to do? He was a black man with a third or fifth grade education working in a cotton mill. And, you know, I knew the planes was not fair. But I had no idea how unfair it was. Ironically, you ended up being a science person. The one class where you got to be in biology, you ended up being a registered nurse and being a science person and a medical person. That that is ironic. I said, you know, I didn't know God at that time. Uh, I went to church, but I didn't know God. But God can be funny the way He takes your weaknesses. Well. I think what you did was incredible. And you said in your story that your sister didn't return to the school after Christmas break because she just couldn't take it. Of course, she was older than you, so she was almost done with school anyway. But then you said in your story that things got better the next fall, that the second school year got better. It got some better. It really did get some better. But I still was isolated. At least they would speak to me in the hall. And you know how you get used to seeing something, you think, well, I felt tolerated, I'll put it that way. But you have to learn to be comfortable with being uncomfortable if you're going to succeed. Well, that must have been the story of your life. I mean, then you you went to college, you got your nursing degree. I mean, you must have been 
the only black person many times, or or at least in the minority many times as you continued your education and your career? I was the only black person many, many times, and then became a few, because as I was getting my nursing degree, I had a wonderful white friends that by that time it was, and she said, let's just lay out of a seminar today. I said, well, you can stay out. She said, nobody won't miss us. I said, you can stay out. They'll miss me. Remember, I'm the only black person in this whole seminar. Mm-hmm. And so it, it made me stronger, but it has been really hard. But I was taught what don't kill you will make you stronger. Definitely. It was preparing me to be the person I am. Well, you ended up getting a job at one of the largest manufacturing companies in the world. And you had a private parking space. You had a company credit card. You flew in the owner's private plane. I mean, you actually made it. What you intended when you set out to do that hard thing, going to that better school, you actually accomplished your objective. Yes. And it was nothing. I didn't even realize what I was doing. I mean, I knew I wanted to succeed with God allowed, but I didn't plan it. You know, like by this time, I'm going to do this. By this time, I'm going to do that. It just was one step at a time. I got here. Now I can get there because of the hardships as a young girl. Yeah, I can understand that because you don't have to plan it. If you're always doing your very best, then those steps will just become obvious to you as you complete each accomplishment along the way. And that's exactly what happened. Even with writing this article, it was just like I had to take classes. I went to conferences. I sold into myself. And I submitted this article with a story. And when I got the letter, uh, it made it through the first round. I sat there with my mouth open saying, God, you did it. Uh, You know what? We're going to take a break for a word from our sponsor. And then we're going to come back and we're going to talk about the new book that you're in. So we will be right back. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. We're back, and May Francis Surratt and I are talking about our new book, Chicken Soup for the Soul. I'm speaking now, and I wanted to talk to you about what did it feel like to get into the book, because you were only one of 101 stories from a couple of thousand that were submitted. In disbelief at first, I just sit there with my hand over my mouth and saying, God, you did it. You said I would make it, and you did it. And my heart just was overflowing with gratitude. And in some ways, like, I can't believe God took my weakness 
and turn it into his victory. It was just overwhelming, just wonderful, I'll put it that way. And going through the process and having to wait, it was a good thing because it taught me good things do come to those who wait and who work for what they have longed for. Well, it is true that we send you that letter and we say you're a semifinalist and you know, you're know you not guaranteed to get in because we usually send that letter out to more people than we have room for in the book. In this case, what happened was there were so many good stories and poems too. Mm. And I ended up making an exception because normally we have 101 stories and poems combined and usually not very much poetry in our books, maybe one or two in each book. And in the case of this book, the poetry was so good. And I don't know, I guess I was really excited because of Amanda Gorman's poem at the inauguration. And I was just Mm -hmm. like, we're going to have a poem at the beginning of every chapter. So I said, okay, it's 101 stories. And then we're also going to have 12 poems on top of that. But then we still had a couple dozen more stories that were so great. We just couldn't fit anymore. And so we moved those stories to other Chicken Soup for the Soul books coming out in the second half of 2021. So that's what happened. We had room for 101 and we ended up taking maybe, I don't know, 130 or something like that. Oh, that's wonderful. I know. But anyway, I think that your story was always a definite that it was going in because no one else had a story like yours about being the only Mm -hmm. Black kid in her whole grade in a formerly all-white school. I mean, that was really quite an experience and a very good read for people to be introduced to that history. And I understand that being in this book has opened up some speaking opportunities for you as well. Yes, it has just been awesome. Actually, today at 1.30, I'm going on a radio. They have a radio show. And I went for them to tell about the book signing. And then they got so excited, they didn't charge me when they read the story. At the radio station, I didn't have to buy airtime or anything. And so now this will be my third time back. We're going to do some of the things from the book, but we're going to do like a devotion about how if God has something for you, you just have to persevere and get it. Also, I will be speaking for the Library of Congress. They had to change their date to September the 30th to the African-American session. And then last night I did a interview for a podcast for Pennsylvania. So it's just been mind-blowing. And she's interested in getting some books to use as a fundraiser for her nonprofit. Oh, and you know, we do that because one of the things that we do is if there's a nonprofit that wants to use our books for fundraising, we actually sell them the books at our nonprofit price so that they can buy the books for $5 and then resell them at list price and keep that profit for their organization. So let her know that we'll definitely do that for her. All right. I will get her to type up the letter and send it so that we can get everything going properly. But it has just been just amazing. And the fact that 
I ordered, I think, 60 books, thinking that'll be enough for the book signing, ran out, ended up ordering 60 more. And now with everything going, only God knows how many more I'm going to have to order. That is fabulous. I am so glad that this is opening up all these opportunities for you. And you definitely have a story that needs to be told. So I'm glad that so many people are being exposed to it, not just the people who you're not meeting who are reading your story in the book. Well, thank you so much for joining us today and for helping us create this powerful book. And I hope we're going to see you in the pages of other Chicken Soup for the Soul books going forward. I look forward to it. In fact, I'm trying to get it together for the humor book because my sister-in-law says the things that will just make you laugh, but then they're, they're not story form. So I got to figure out how to make a story out of those. Oh, yeah, you could. I bet you could pull that off. Well, thank you. I look forward to reading that. And for everybody listening, if you would like more information about this important new book, Chicken Soup for the Soul, I'm speaking now. Visit our website, chickensoup.com, and you can see the book there. You can see the front cover, the back cover, read more about it. There's also a fabulous book trailer, and you could pick up your own copy of Chicken Soup for the Soul. I'm speaking now at Target, Walmart, Barnes & Noble, your local independent bookstore, your local Black-owned independent bookstore, Amazon, and wherever else books are sold. May, have a fabulous day, and good luck with all these wonderful speaking engagements and interviews that you're doing. All right. And thank you, Amy. And you have a wonderful day.